Well, here we are. We knew it wouldn't be skating on roses the entire season for the New York Rangers as they finally find themselves in their first true slump of the 2023-2024 campaign, going 8-7-1 since December 5th. But don't jump off the ledge just yet. They're still first in the Metro, second in the East. They're going to be going to the playoffs. Don't worry. We're here to talk some confidence into you. We're going to discuss all sorts of things, including Brendan Othman getting sent back, Will Cooley taking a possible first line step up, and if Capocaco will be joining the team back soon. Fingers crossed on that. We'll also discuss Lafreniere and the shootout, and we'll get into the controversial Cotacotier trade in Philadelphia. Yeah, we're pumped up. We hope you're pumped up. So take a load off. Don't worry about the team. We're here to get you through it right here on the Up in the Blue Seats podcast from the New York Post. And it starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you direct your attention to Center Ice for a special presentation. Yes, welcome back to the podcast. We're back. We're not jumping off ledges. We're not waving white flags. It's going to be fine, Ranger fans. Don't worry. We're here for your therapy support session. It's, of course, myself, Andrew Hartz. We're joined by Rangers beat writer, Miss Molly Walker, and, of course, Ranger great, Brian Boyle. We're all here <laughs> talking Emphasis about... Emphasis on the great. <laughs> if you only heard what was going on. You're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk about uh, these Rangers, and it's it's been it's been a rough couple days, minus the shellacking they gave to the Blackhawks, the fully deserving shellacking, because the Blackhawks are not a good team, especially now that Mr. Bedard is hurt. Uh, we're here to talk about the Rangers, who are still first in the Metro, so again, positive. Uh, they're second in the East now behind the Bruins, but they've dropped to fifth in the league uh, with the Jets at, at first, which is Crazy to see, but Jets are nasty. They are, man. They're, first they're time just, in his in their history, right? That they've nasty. been in first and at the state of the season. That's pretty impressive. When I was putting together the show notes and everything beforehand, and I'm like, all right, we're, I know the Rangers aren't at first. I dropped them down. I'm like, the Jets, man. <laughs> what the hell is going on in Winnipeg, man? Um, but yeah, so back to the Rangers. Uh, you know, had another rough game um against Vancouver. Um, you know, start off strong that first period. Uh we'll talk about it. We'll get into it now. Um you know, could have easily gone up in that period. Um some great circus saves, uh some great circus goals. Um but they couldn't hang on and despite the shootout loss or the uh, you know, skills competition loss uh, over the weekend. Uh, the Rangers are now 8-7-1 since December 5th. So this is their first, I'm not going to call it a crisis, but this is a mini slump considering the way this Ranger team started off. Um, lots of things to discuss here, problems to discuss. Brian, we'll get into it with you first here. Um, what's going on with this team right now? You know, not a great five-on-five five team as, as we've discussed, but, um, you know, it, th- this is a slump and kind of a, a hit of reality that this team feels like it needed coming off of where they started the season. I didn't like, uh, I didn't really like Montreal. I know there was a furious comeback. I, I want to start there. There was a little bit of casual play in the neutral zone, trying to advance the puck. Uh, there were several breakdowns defensively when they had full control uh, to cause that game to turn on its head and go down three, nothing. I didn't, it was details. It was all just details. They have the firepower to overcome a lot. And against a team like Montreal, who you can't take them lightly and there's no disrespect to Montreal. It's, there's no easy games other than when Chicago dresses like $13 million up, up front at forward for their whole lineup. It's still not an easy game. So they have to continue to work, especially with the cushion they've built, continue to work at, details continue to try to perfect a certain way to play hockey games now the run and gun will always be there you'll always get your power play opportunities but when that dries up you need to be a really good five on five team and they can be they have they have enough in the top six to be that they can figure some things out like you said we'll talk about it with certain injuries or call-ups but there's there's a certain way you have to play especially with how gifted they are they are offensively so i i didn't i didn't love it then i mean look they played vancouver and if you want to just break it down to one thing, look at Miller's goal, right? It's a it's like a rim from Besser all the way down, a one-touch pass from Pedersen to a one-time shot from Miller. And, like, you could be Vegas in the cup finals last year. No one's defending that. That was no. insane. 
And I know Pet- Pedersen had a beautiful goal after that, but that goal to me was like, th- there's no way to stop that. You can't back up. You can't, there's nothing you can do to stop that one. So it's, those things will happen. The details in like the neutral zone forcing plays or when you have it on your stick, like Panarin threw two or three away in the Montreal game right to the middle of the ice. And I can't get on him for playing poorly. It's, it's historical how well he's played, but that's just a small detail. That's kind of the point I'm, I'm trying to make. Those those plays really do matter, and, and your top guys especially can't do it because then there's a little trickle down, momentum shifts. It's uh, a long-winded say, way of saying like these are easily fixable and, and avoidable. It's just an attention to detail. And of course, it had to be JT Miller, another former Ranger, scoring against the Rangers. If you haven't, if you're listening to the show, you're noticing a theme here at this point. He scores against <laughs> everyone. He, he scored, but he, he has been on fire the entire year. Uh, Molly, I mean, again, you, you, you kind of look at this team um, in the locker room. You know, do, do you get a sense that they've kind of had a reality check to where the season started compared to what their, you know, month worth of games has kind of brought them to at this point? I don't think it's lost on them what's been their biggest issue over the last couple of weeks or so. And it's definitely boils down to defense in general and decision making is is one that uh, Laviolette uh, has pointed out. He had he, Brian, you mentioned Artemi throwing it to the middle of the ice. That is kind of been a bit of a of a trend in the last few games in general for the entire team, not just Artemi and, and Laviolette had such a, it was a pretty funny quote about it. Actually, he said, it's like any sport, you throw a football down the middle and you don't know where it's going. There's no guarantee there. Just whip a basketball into the center of the court. Chances it goes back the other way really quick, which is a hundred percent true. And that's what's happened. I, you got into the Montreal game. The Vancouver game actually alarmed me a little bit more just because the Canucks did to the Rangers what the Rangers do to a lot of other teams, and that's make them look silly. Those types of goals were highlight reel, just spectacular, eye-bulging kind of goals, which the Rangers are chock full of and have been for years. So to see them be on the receiving end of those goals was was a little bit alarming and it obviously just it just came down to a lot of defensive decisions and it's it, it just that was the most alarming game to me i think but i agree with you in montreal i feel like it took them a long time to connect within their own game but i mean we've seen that that resilient trait from them all season that i mean i, I can tell you that when they went down 3 to nothing there was one shift right afterward where they really had a lot of zone time. And I looked at Colin and I was like, this game's not over. I, I, I had, I had full confidence that they were going to at least get a point because they were able to turn it around toward the end of the game. But I definitely think that, and we can get into this now with Capo Caco looking like he's nearing a return. But if you look at the numbers, I know Andrew, you have them on hand, but before and after Capo Caco's absence, um, the Rangers are just they're they're missing uh his defensive style, I think, a little bit, and especially in the bottom six. So I think the Rangers are probably itching for number twenty four's return here. Yeah, here are the numbers. Uh before getting hurt, fifteen four and one, uh since getting hurt, eleven, eight and one. And it's like you said, you know, it, it's not to make excuses for this team, um, but they are missing players. And Kako obviously is one of the more important cogs to this piece, but um, it does sound like at least he'll be back. He's been in the red non-contact jersey. Um, any sort of idea? Do you have an you know, inkling of when we may see him back on the ice with the uh, the main team? Well, he's... He's skating with the team, which yeah. is a really good sign. I believe the, I mean, Larry's at practice right now, but the last we had seen him, he was in a yellow jersey. Mm-hmm. So not fully cleared, but half cleared, I guess you could that say. He was, <laughs> yeah, red, yeah. Red is stop. <laughs> red is stop. <laughs> yellow is Do they have half green? stop. <laughs> no, he was in a yellow, but he was definitely ramping up his reps and, and, looking to go a little bit more full speed than he has been, which is an encouraging sign for his return. But I still, and Larry and I were actually debating this in the, in the press box the other night. 
he was under the impression that he thinks he's going to be back as soon as potentially Thursday. But I feel like the nature of the injury, how long he's been out, how long he's been away from game action. I just um, I do see the Rangers waiting a little bit longer as anxious as they probably are to get him back in the lineup. They definitely want him to be 100 percent, you know, no restrictions, be able to go full throttle, uh, obviously. So and I don't think that he's 100 percent there yet. So I expect a a few more games, maybe hopefully by the weekend, potentially, Um, maybe one of the two back to backs, maybe the second half of the back to back when they play Washington at home. Uh, we'll see. Not sure. Here's a thing that just going through my head, as I mentioned, those numbers of Kako when he got hurt and since he's been hurt. Um, Brian, the majority of this time they're missing Kako now for let me just look at this quickly here uh, about 20 games. They're missing. He's been out for 20 games. Um, Philip Heedle has been out for a few months now. Um is it alarming to you that this Ranger team that is so firepower heavy, Mika, Panarin, um, and then, you know, defensive wise, Lafreniere, Keandre Miller, uh, Truba, is it alarming that these two guys have gone down and I'm not saying the Rangers have fallen apart, but they've kind of taken a step back. You know, I, I, maybe I'm someone that just didn't realize the the impact that Kako and Hedl has on this club. Is that well, fair? Headlines. Yeah, headlines are headlines for a reason. Guys get paid what they get paid in the top six for a reason. But managers know, coaches know, even your own teammates know that you can't win with two lines. You need that. You need that depth. You need <clears throat> contributions, really. And however they they fall out, like look at a football team, and you know sometimes as you go farther down the line, like a big special teams play can make a difference. So like I'm a Pats fan, and Matthew Slater is the best to ever do it, I think. And that guy won him games, and people don't. I don't know how many people know who Matthew Slater is, but I do. I mean, people might because he played almost two decades, but and he's the man, best guy ever. But we uh, we understand as players when we're playing, everyone needs to play at their best. There's not a lot that separates wins and losses. There's not a lot that separates teams, to be honest with you. A lot of it's between the years for some guys and some teams, what's expected of them and how they motivate themselves. Like look at Like, look at the Jets. It really is so important to have guys slotted where they're supposed to be. Like a good example last year is David Krejci comes back for the Bruins and all of a sudden, like you're getting 60 points from a guy. Now Charlie Coyle's playing on the third line center role, which is like he's elite as a third line center. And you had Bergeron up top at the number one spot. And then your fourth line just brings that energy and they all kind of, they simplify what their job description is. They don't have to do more than they think they have to do. They can focus on what they're supposed to do and be really, really effective. And it leads to wins. And when you have guys missing or guys have to elevate, sometimes it's a great story if it's a younger player. And now now you have this guy, someone else might be expendable. If I'm a GM, I'm saying if we need to make a move somewhere. But if you have that guy gone and you're somebody's playing kind of above where their high watermark is, you can survive a little bit, but it, it it's hard. And you can win some games and lose some games. And they're 500 without a really, really important player. Now, I get that he's number two overall. I think last year was a good year. I thought he was going to get 30 goals this year, but, man, he is an effective hockey player for this team. And I get that he's not filling the net, and people might get frustrated with that with where he was picked, but he's important to that team. And I know Lavi wants him back as soon as he as soon as soon he's ready. Laviolette sure tried to win with two lines against <laughs> Vancouver. Well, well, you got to play what you got, and, you, and yeah. the ultimate goal is to win. But – if you're not getting a ton offensively from the bottom six and you're trailing, that that's what happens. But if you can roll four and they're effective, they might not they might hold serve, right? And then you can keep your top six, maybe for the third period, and if it's still tight, try and get a goal. But you gotta play the game as it comes to you. If you're chasing goals for half the game, you're playing your top six probably more than you want to. He put our Temi he put our Temi out there as much as he as he possibly could. But now now we've got Will Cooley up on the top line on the right wing of, of Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad, which I'm very curious to see how that goes. I know that I've been saying, I feel like I've been waiting for Jimmy VC to get up there, but I know that it's not going to happen because they need him, you know, to lengthen the lineup. But I do think it's interesting that he's turning to, to Will Cooley and, and something that Laviolette has just maintained about Cooley for the entire season 
is he always talks about they do a, I mean I know every team does a lot of video but he they always he always references the videos and he always says he we never really show him doing anything wrong he's <laughs> he's never never in the in the highlight reel packages of of what not to do and I think that's that's earned the trust of Peter Laviolette and that's why we're seeing Will Cooley get the bump here I mean he, look he he's I'll tell you right now he that Montreal game Oh, man on a mission. Yeah, okay, so what did he do, though? Yeah, but man on a mission. He went forward. (laughs) He put the puck forward. He went forward, didn't turn it over, hit guys, went to the net. He turned their game around. That line did. So you take your pick on that line, but that line turned the game around for them in Montreal because they went in straight lines, but that's how they have to play. That's not – I'm not asking Panarin to chip it in and go run somebody. You can't can't make a guy (laughs) – play away from his strengths. This is his strength. He's a big body. He played, what is it, three games on that line. They were really good. Now, you don't want to risk mixing up a good line for you, but now Lavi knows that line can be effective. If we get healthy, I can put them back together. Let's try this as well. Or if Capo comes back, he can maybe go where, you know, there's so many different options. So when guys play well, those are good problems to have. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if when Capo does come back. I mean... Maybe maybe not immediately on the top line, just because they'll probably want him to ramp his game up a little bit more. But I just can envision Kako getting up on that top line pretty pretty quickly, especially if Cooley doesn't cement it beforehand. I mean, like you mentioned, that'd be a good problem to have, then essentially, because mm-hmm. you play Brown a little bit. Um, one of the things that I did want to mention is that yeah. Brendan Offman, who is now has been sent back to Hartford, uh, Rangers recall Jake Lachizan. Um, who I completely forgot played 30 games for them last year. Um, I mean, granted, he didn't really do anything um, just going off the numbers. Um, but, you know, overall first impression, obviously Ottman got minutes taken away from him in that Vancouver game. Uh, you could tell that Lavs was a little pressed and hence why uh, getting Artemi more time in there. You know, it, it seems like what you mentioned on the podcast last week when we were just praising Altman. And, uh, you know, again, there's there's things. This is a nice way for him to be introduced to the league and to get his first cup of coffee and, and taste it. Um, but what did you think of the young gun? Um, and then does something like that take away from his confidence as he gets sent back down? Not just being sent back down, but getting minutes taken away in a game that uh, the head coach is trying to win. Well, I, I kind of thought this was just how it was going to play out. Mm-hmm. There's some injury still but you give him a chance to see what he's got and he came out guns blazing he was shooting everything that a lot of that's adrenaline that happens that's great then you realize how hard it is to play in the league every single night and be effective and that's fine it's totally fine it's a great great thing for the kid and getting sent down it's not you didn't fail you know what i mean that's that's all it is it's people make a, a big deal of it it's he didn't fail like that's a really hard thing to do he's next time he comes up he'll be more ready and don't but the only thing is, when you come back up, there's a certain pressure you put on yourself. It's like, all right, now this time I'm staying. It's just like, no, just do what you're supposed to do in the first period and then do it again in the second period and just play. Don't, you can't think that way. That's just allowing that, the thought of failure come back into your head. Just go try to be effective for your team. And that, hopefully, that's what's being told to him and expressed to him so he understands that. But also go down there now in the American League. And get better. Do better than you did last time you were in the American League. That's that's sort of the pressure he's got to put on himself and prepare like he saw Chris Kreider prepare and Mika Zibanejad prepare. Do do those things. Whatever you picked up while you were up, if you put it in your bag of tricks and make that your habits. I also feel like he's got to be well aware of the fact that he probably wasn't the Rangers' first choice for the call-up. There's a ton of injuries in Hartford right now. Edstrom was the guy that they had been going to repeatedly throughout this whole injury stint here. And I would imagine that if he was healthy, he would have gotten the call-up instead of Offman. But he's hurt. Riley Nash is hurt. Uh, Just not too many options for the Rangers right now in Hartford. And I think that they probably looked at it as, well, probably want to go to Othman next on the depth chart and might as well use this as the opportunity to do what they did with Cooley last season, give them, even though I think Cooley got four games and it was during the all-star break, I want to say. So they kept him on the roster, gave him two more games when they came back, if I'm not mistaken, and then sent him back down. So he got half, half the look, but 
um, obviously they're hitting this this rough patch right now. So they don't, you know, this it's not a developing league, you know. So I think that they wanted, yeah, they Jake Lecision is a guy that's been with them before, like you mentioned, Andrew, with 13 games last season. So I think they're just looking for a more sturdy option and, you know, Lavi like can't be doing that every game, cutting his bench down to to two lines. So got to make a, a a move there. Were either of you surprised that, that they went with Lachizan instead of somebody else down there? He hasn't, he hasn't played that much. I mean, he hasn't played that much this year. He's only played a few games. I mean, I don't know. It's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it's not like it's it's their whole life. These guys get called up, and you know, Othman's not worried about if it's their first call or, or not they wanted somebody else. it doesn't no you get your chance that's how you get your chance sometimes who knows they got they got scouts they have coaches they're going to talk to their coaches down there it's um you know they got well they got a number of guys with with nhl experience too um, yeah so that's and that's what they are they'd be bottom six right now so often exciting because he's younger and he's and maybe the ceiling's higher you know? i think uh i think it says more about alex belzeal offseason signing who was a guy that I think they expected to be in a depth role and he even through training camp never really came close to a roster spot so the fact that they're going back to decision over which they've called up a, 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 an array of guys honestly even when they weren't playing just to give I think just to give Lavi like a little peek of who the options are down in Hartford I think it just says, I think it says more about Belzeal than it does, you know, the team in well, general. If, okay. But if, if I'm the Rangers and I have two guys that are pretty close and one of them's Belzeal and one of them's a decade younger, I'm going to bring up the younger guy. Just, okay. and, and maybe that's not fair to him, but that's just how the whole thing works. Mm. Cause it's like, this guy has this much room to grow. Now, okay. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know much about this kid. I looked him up a little bit when you said that a lot of time in the coast, a lot of time in the American League. Now he's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know what? And it probably a limited role last year on a bad team and no, I've heard he Montreal. has an I've I've heard he has a great story. As, oh, yeah. as a as a reporter for the team, I've been dying for him to come up and have yeah. a role because I've heard he has such an amazing story and a really good head on his shoulders and and he you know could be a contributing guy. Well, thirty two years yeah. old, right? He turned pro eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. And started in Gwinnett. He was in Laval. He was in Montreal for a long time and a uh, Quebec kid. So that was probably fun. You know, 14 points in 31 games. Like that's in the NHL last year. Like these are, he's done well. He's almost at a point of game in the American League where it's hard to score. So yeah. maybe he's just an offensive guy though. And he's not going to be a bottom sixer. Yeah, maybe. You know what well, I mean? Decision also um, just got back from injury, apparently yeah. a, a long injury and he's, I think he's put up three goals and three assists in, in however many games since he's been back. So he's, I think that caught their attention. He's got a motor on him too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's, if you can play nine minutes and you're buzzing, maybe it just adds an element. Yeah. Hey, if we're going for a uh, nostalgia factor here, Artie uh, is down with the no. Why did we not talk about that last week? Why didn't we talk yeah. about that last week? We didn't. I know. He had that, that was... goal, man. I was yeah. like, oh, Anisimov is back. I didn't even realize it. Hello, Brian. Hello. Uh... <laughs> I like love it. that guy. Okay. We'll go the next hour just talking Artie stories. Oh, man. that's <laughs> Let's do it. Especially this after. Guy is all time. <laughs> I'm because I, I just watched an episode of, a few weeks ago of 24 7 and the Winter Classic, and I completely forgot when he had that shot, and I forgot who it was against, but he Tampa. got ejected. It was against Tampa, and, and he did the, the sniper and he got ejected. Yeah. And, and, and there's like the scene of you guys coming into the locker room after that period, and everyone is just cracking jokes. Yeah. At <laughs> Meanwhile, Torts having a, a, a conniption because you guys are down, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, Brian's like it's yeah, fine. Yeah, it was, it was okay at the end. Hey, we won, and uh, that was hilarious because he did that. He went down to a knee and started shooting him. And <laughs> yeah, Vinny LeCavalier, I'll never forget. Vinny LeCavalier just looks at me and looks at him and just beelines it. And I'm like, oh no! So we <laughs> get dog piled in. Then we go for the draw, and Vinny keeps yelling at me. He's like. Like, dude, that's so disrespectful. I can't believe he's shooting our goalie. And I'm like, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> like, you can't be doing that. I had to go after him. I'm like, I know. I don't disagree with anything you just did. Yeah. <laughs> no hard feelings. Like, I'm not going to start a fight right now because you did that. Like, we all did our thing. 
<laughs> guys got kicked out. <laughs> Actually, Steve Downey came from off the bench. He should have got a 10-gamer. So we had like one less guy in this dog pile. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> and then we get back there and he was just the story is though, it was his it was his buddy's celebration in Russia. Mm-hmm. And if you guys remember back then, that plane crashed in the Aeroslav. And the whole right. team died. Oh. And I believe he was on it. And uh, oh. so Ar- and Artie would never do anything like this to stir anything up. You saw how upset he was by the whole thing with the, yeah. uh, the footage he, after. He didn't understand. Yeah. And Aww. he's like, sorted by me, guys. I don't mean to do that. And, and we're all like, dude. Yeah, we're never gonna forget that, and we're talking about it in 2024. Yeah, so (laughs) funny. No one got hurt. Like it was uh, (laughs) that guy. That guy cracks me up, man. He (laughs) he lived in a I think a studio in Yaroslav Mm. with his parents. Like they all lived in the same like room. Mm. Like he came from not a whole lot, and just was. I mean, it's a great story, and he really he loved the game. I I love that guy. I loved him and he, he did well for us. He had a great career. The only I, the only guy in the Rangers locker room now that overlapped with him is Kreider. And mm, I actually well, yeah. yeah, brief very briefly, few months. So, you know, I knew I was gonna write about an ECMOV just because I mean, just a great full story, full circle moment story. So I mentioned to Cry, I was like, Did you see that? Hartford signed Anisimov to a PTO and he was like, what? <laughs> I didn't know he was playing. Yeah. He was like, wait, what? I was like, yeah. He's like, giving no way. PTOs? I'll go down to Hartford for a bit. <laughs> he was, he was so shocked. So I was like, oh, like, what do you remember about playing with him? Um, and Chris was just, he was like, I only overlapped with him for a couple months. Didn't really have that much time with him. He's like, he just hated when I tried to speak Russian to him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, he, he didn't appreciate it. And I was like, why was your Russian not good? He was like, no, not, not then. I was like, well, maybe you'll get a chance to, uh, you know, show your improvement to him this time around. But no, it, that's actually that that leads me into my next thing. I was told that it was strictly an AHL PTO. Mm, so I don't yeah. expect to see Anisimov pull on a Rangers jersey again, unfortunately. I mean, never say never, never but say never. that's that's not that wasn't their plan, at least. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> he was next to me every room, every road room, in the home room, we were in the practice rink, and the reporters would come over. Right, what's this mean? And I'd have to explain it to him, and then he'd mm-hmm. answer, and I'd tell the. So for a while, I was his little translator. You were his translator. That's because I understood his broken English because I was next to him and roommates on the road. I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a talent to be able to, you know, I do that with like with Artemi, you know, that's he's fascinating. Yeah. He fascinated me. And I just, I'd asked him so many questions. He did too. It was just, it was wild Two kid from hanging with 12 siblings. He's just him and his parents. And it was, that's what I remember. I might be wrong on that, but small family, small, like way different people where we were good buds. Yeah. So good for him. Love that. Yay for an easy mob. 35 years old, still doing it. And hey, like you said, Mo, you never know. Things can never happen. Know. Never, never know. know. Maybe we'll see the sniper goal <laughs> celebration on the garden rink one more time, but who knows? <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break here, but still plenty to discuss. We got uh, some Laffy Taffy shootout uh, breakdown here. We'll talk about um, the Rangers and this, this skills competition crap, but whatever. Uh, and then we will get into some uh, Gutter Gutthier news, which, um, you know, you're going to want to stay tuned for this one. It's going to be good. Chances that we let up tonight were way too loud. There wasn't about a dozen of them. Um, again, we weren't under siege, but some of the decision making for line changes or line rush with people in place or line changes, they, they bit us right away against a team that's got a lot of talent. Back on the podcast here, and we're going to get into some skills, comp- I'm sorry, shootout uh, talk here with Brian Boyle, which um, we're going to note this first here, right off the top, because I want to make Brian feel good about himself. <laughs> Listen, Brian Boyle in the shootout. Affect, you can't affect my mood. These numbers are <laughs> these numbers are what they are. Unfazed. Unfazed. <laughs> Brian Boyle in the shootout. Fourteen attempts, five and nine. Which I I feel like that's that's a pretty good clip right there. I mean that's that's mm-hmm. that that's good for a thirty five percent clip. Better than most. Better mm-hmm. than most. I mean mm-hmm. it's 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 better than what the Rangers are currently throwing out there. Mika's zero for three. Uh, Artemi is one and three. Um, but we have someone who's kind of 
developed his way into that third shooter role. Like I mentioned, Mika and Panarin have taken the majority of those shootouts, but um, Alexi Lafreniere has kind of developed, um, you know, ever since we saw that, that ridiculous, nasty backhander in his first shootout of the year, uh, it seems that the confidence from the, the head coach um, has grown. And so we saw that again with Lafreniere taking a penalty shot this past weekend. Molly, um, is this something that we can now expect to see laugh as the third shooter here? I mean, I was kind of surprised with how much outrage there was online that Lafreniere got the third spot again. But if you think about it, you know, like you mentioned, Mika and Artemi have taken the first two. I mean, this is their third shootout, so they haven't even done it that much. They've had three of them. Mika and Artemi have been the first two shooters in all three. First one that they lost, Trocek went. Second time that they won, Lafreniere went and had that ridiculous backhanded shot, just a highlight real goal. One of the prettiest goals I've seen from him in his career, I think. So, of course, he's going to get the thir- the look again. And Laviolette was asked about it, and Laviolette, without hesitation, said he's very high up in their lineup. So I, I just don't think it was that crazy that he went back to Lafreniere. It wasn't even anything about the game. Cause you know, sometimes I know coaches do that when they see some guy, one guy is going in particular, it, it wasn't like that. It was Alexi Lafreniere did it once he could do it again. So that's why he turned to Lafreniere. I, I do think that he is up there for them in La Violette's mind. I, I just, I don't think it's that it's that crazy at all i don't know <laughs> do people do people realize the prep that goes into this yeah do people realize how much teams practice shootouts yeah i'm curious talk about that yeah yeah like, we practice it all the time okay they do. It's for the goalies and it's for the shooters and it's like who who's done well and if you do well for why do you think i got to shoot 14 times because in practice <laughs> i would put the goalies in a blender <laughs> no one's chasing you so like the whole creating offense with speed thing that i didn't necessarily have my whole career um <laughs> And you know what? And 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 laugh. Laugh's not like a burner. Lafreniere's not like a crazy high end speed guy, which is why he's had to. It's taken him some time to develop to create offense and figure out how to be effective. And he's doing a good job of that. But he's still got the ability to finish and score. Like I scored at every level a little bit harder because everything's better and faster. But every level I went in, I scored goals, and it's just beating the goalie. Mm. No one's chasing you. So you walk in the room, right? And the last team I played on that was coached by Laviolette had a screen up where you would watch the goalies in the shootouts. Mm-hmm. So, and guys who might may or may not go in the shootout, you spend 30 seconds looking at what works, what doesn't, and then you kind of forget about it and you play your game, but you remember that. They prep, they prep for this, and they have, look, they scored. They won last time with this lineup, so they're going to go and put the same lineup out. And yeah. if anyone complains about it or thinks it's the wrong call, you're dumb. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make sense. Shut up. Yeah, Yeah, basic. Well, I'm curious. um, You mentioned, you know, how how speed isn't a factor and, you know, you're not being chased. But I feel like there's been more outrage about how slow some players have been skating in the shootouts. Mm. I'm curious. That's your that's your take. I I wanted to hear what you think about it. No, like you're who cares? You figured out a way to score. That's the game. Right. Right. There's no clock. It's at zeros. Right. Go score. Yeah. If you're the goalie. You can do whatever you want. If you're the goalie, save it. <laughs> it's and simple. Like, stop whining. Kuznetsov move. Awesome. Great mm-hmm. move. Yep. It works a lot. Why would he change? You make a rule against that. You're a nerd. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Buy some Mic pop. drop. Mic drop. Maybe that's, the, maybe that's the boiler room. Coming in hot, man. Yeah. People complain about dumb stuff. No, I, I do think it's silly, too. I do. I mean, I get, you know, maybe for entertainment value, it's not as fun to see. Why? A it's a goal. Goals I know. I, I'm just trying to see their point of view, but I'm with you. I don't think it matters and, that much. And, and if the guy misses, it looks ridiculous. It's yeah, like, right. Exactly. It's so slow. Yeah. So. So, there's risk involved if you're yeah. that guy crawling up the ice. Yeah. Uh. Can we just we did a shootout. We did a shootout last night at, at our uh, at our practice for the for the mites. Mm-hmm. Some of these kids came down so slow. <laughs> and I'm taking like, notes. All right, let's see. And if it didn't work, I'd be like, "Oh, teach me that move later." <laughs> sick move, dude. Are you chirping, kids, over yeah, here, Brian? Third graders. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
<laughs> See, like I picture it like that that SNL skit with Peyton Manning when he's like playing football yeah. with the kids and he's just like spiking them with the football. He's like, God damn it. That's Brian on the that, ice. That's I, I picture that exactly on the ice with the kids and you just like slamming kids into the board. I'm like, no one yes. praises him like I do though. Cause they give it's, me everything. It's give and take. It's give and take. Give me everything balance. Got. <laughs> but if you're the seventh guy to go in a drill and you mess it up after I demonstrated it and six guys went and you mess it up, we're going to have a problem. And we do. <laughs> Believe it or not, kids still mess it up. The second and third graders still can't quite get it sometimes. But high expectations. Yeah, they're learning. Since we're on the topic here, and 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 now you, you piqued my interest. What's like the one thing that these kids ask you all the time in terms of like either like your your playing days, your hockey knowledge? Like, like is there one repeated question you get? And not that it would ever annoy you, but you're just like, all right, here we go again. And I don't I, know. I, it might. It might anymore. Annoy no, they don't. They don't really ask me anymore. They, every time I work on NHL Network or mostly just NHL Network, they'll come into the room before practice. Like, I saw you on TV, <laughs> and it's just a comment. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was me. <laughs> how was your How was your day at school today? Did you have a good day? <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I saw you but on when TV I do. Last I night. do skills on Mondays with like there's like four teams. So I don't coach all these teams and, and the kids will, every kid will come up to me. Do you know Sidney Crosby? Yeah. Do so Sidney's know? still the guy that, that, that they're asking about. Well, cause I like, that's the last team I have. So like my right. skate guards that I have are penguin skate guards. Okay. And I have okay. like my black and yellow stick, but I, I mix it. I have other stuff too, but then they'll ask me, they'll figure out that I played on other teams. They, they'll ask me what team I played for. And I'm like, mm. well, how much time do you have? Cause we're in the middle of a drill. <laughs> I can list them. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere between a half dozen and a dozen. So yeah, no, that's that's always fun though. But then they they kind of listen to me because I think I have some credibility. They respect you, of course. Which is fun. Well, some of them some of them do not, which is funny. You kick wow. one kid off the ice on Monday. Oh yeah. What do you do? What do you do? Uh, so we we do like we work on our stride for the first ten minutes, and you know there's four teams on the ice, so they go down the ice. And they always stop in front of the other guy and spray him with snow, mm-hmm. which I'm like, I let go for the first time. And then I'm like, all right, stop. And I had to tell this kid three times Ooh. because it, sometimes they fall and it's literally like a bowling pins. They come flying down <laughs> and it's skate blades. And I'm like, no. Yeah, not not safe. So I grab the kid, good player, and then grab him. I'm just like, come here. And uh, I put him on the bench. I skated away for a little bit. I came back. Do you know why? He said, no. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me! I told you three times. <laughs> go, you could be a really good player, and it turned into like a positive thing. But I'm mm. like, you could be such a good player. You just have to pay attention and work hard. Mm. You're wrecking my drill. Stop! <laughs> like I'm not getting paid for this. You're wrecking my drill. <laughs> I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart. Yeah, <laughs> pay attention. Better. <laughs> no, that's uh, anyway. Brian Boyle, the motivator, right there. <laughs> like to see that. Um, so. Just because we don't have Larry here today, there's a topic that I want to bring up, and it doesn't necessarily relate to the Rangers, although it probably will have impact because the Rangers do play this team. Um, the Philadelphia Flyers and anyone that's any sort of sport connection, hockey connection, has probably heard about this. Their uh, fifth overall pick in the 2022 draft, Cutter Gauthier, um, was traded kind of out of the blue and, um, you know, traded for Jamie Drysdale and the 2025 second round pick to uh, from the Anaheim Ducks. Um, And, you know, it's an interesting situation, um, which a lot of people there's there seems to be a lot of drama surrounding it, including Kevin Hayes, which that came up uh, for some reason. (laughs) Um, And then you have Tortorella. So figured this would be a good roundtable discussion considering, Brian, you play for Torts. You can probably add some Mm -hmm. uh, discussion there. But um, Molly, I mean, you know, essentially break this thing down. Why? Where? What do we actually know about this deal? I feel like there's so many different layers to this. It's like almost difficult to get straight, but it just sounds like from all the reports that are swirling around is I think it was last year Cutter wanted to sign flyers. Weren't ready to sign him. Elliot Friedman said, quote unquote, you know, wasn't the same ever since. And then all these stops along the way where they could have met with him. He declined to meet with them. Didn't have any interest in speaking with them or hearing what, what they had to say. And it became pretty apparent that he had no desire to play for the flyers. And so they, as quickly as humanly possible, you know, benefited from it and made a trade. And I just 
there's just so much, so many other layers to it. There was a, a, a Flyers blogger that came out and just out of left field said, Kevin Hayes' fingerprints are all over this. No context, no detail. Yeah, reckless. Just if you watch the video, it's I. It's almost kind of funny how he segues into it. He just, there's like a long dramatic pause. Kevin Hayes has his fingerprints all over this. And then someone brought it up to Kevin Hayes in the locker room the next day or, you know, very shortly afterward. And, and Hayes just went off, understandably so. Yeah. How his name got dragged into this, just not a good look all around. And But I, I do think that it's, I mean, I'm all for players, you know, having power and, you know, getting to decide their fate and their future. I do think that him not wanting to meet with them, not wanting to hear them out in any way, shape or form was kind of tough. But I mean, hey, Adam Fox bulldozed his way to the Rangers, too. Like how different is both situations? I don't know. Brian, what are your thoughts on it? So the Flyers had bonus overages last year, from what I understand, and couldn't sign him to the deal that he would have gotten right and he wanted to get there quick and play and burn a year of his entry level using things and tools to his exposure that he could do to whatever most benefit most benefit cutter goche Mm -hmm. these are things that agents do cutter goes and plays okay he's having a great year he had an unbelievable world junior yep a lot of teams come over for World Juniors and the team, I'm not going to sit there in the middle of World Juniors where I'm favored to win and go sit down with an NHL team and not think about what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm going to finish my season at BC. He's not going to leave school in the middle of the year. Right. So there's no need to talk to him now. I don't know how the relationship soured. I have a ton of respect for Keith Jones mm-hmm. and John Tortorella, obviously. It's well known. I appreciate what Torts has done for me and did for me. So he's coaching his team. He gets asked the questions. There's obviously a line that the organization drew and said, this is how this is how we saw it go down. So this is what we did. And if you don't want to be on our team and you don't want to meet with us, we're going to trade you. Of course. That's all it is. Cut and dried. That's done. And I don't blame Philly for doing that at all. No. He just had a great World Junior Championship. They won gold. Yeah. Stock his, stock, his stock is high now. If the kid, if they want, so like dragging the kid, if you're the organization, I don't really agree with. They were very transparent. <laughs> because he's an amateur athlete. He's not like when you sign that check, where you sign that contract and now you're getting paid, well, you're exposed. Like you get, you know, whatever comes at you, you got to kind of deal with that's that's being a pro athlete. He's not. He's an amateur athlete who was drafted. He didn't pick where he was drafted. He didn't mm-hmm. pick to be drafted. He obviously wanted to, but that's the thing in, in the CBA where, you know, you you don't have rights right from the start. And then control your contract structure and all that until you're six years in the league or you're 26 years old, one or the other. Those are things that players don't have any power. So if he has a chance to have power, he's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not signing. I wanted to sign last year. You didn't want me. What's right. different? So, they, you know, feelings got hurt is basically it. Now, if you're the scumbag <laughs> who makes something up out of thin air to try to get clicks, like you're open for whatever comes at you. Mm-hmm. And you can't get your feelings hurt now because you started this. The things said to Kevin are abhorrent. Like that's disgusting. These people are sickos. Mm-hmm. This is you got a good player back and a second round pick. Okay, yeah. it didn't work out with two players. Why is a St. Louis Blue in the mix? Because he played there last year and tied his career high in points, and then, and then they were a crap team, mm-hmm. so they traded him. That stuff bothered me a lot, um, and and just the fans in general going after Cutter. And now there's, there's ex-Flyers that love Philly and love playing in Philly. A uh, number of guys who took offense to Cutter not wanting to play in Philly. That's fine. They love their team. Like if guys want to badmouth former teams that I played on that I really enjoyed, yeah, I'd probably defend my team too. I'd defend my franchise. That's the team that gave these guys a lot of what they have in life right now. But So I, I agree with that kind of back and forth, but you can't just like – if we don't know everything, you can't. Right. You can't go after a, an amateur athlete. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the way to go. And if you're uh, high up in the business part of the team and suggesting people throw batteries at the kid, oh my god, you're also a scumbag. I'm sorry. I don't know the man. You guys can find it, I'm sure. But uh, that's. Let's grow up here a little bit. 
we're trying to win games or playing a game for a living. That's what we're talking about now. I could, uh, <laughs> you could just keep going, I could no, keep going. but it's true. I mean, I do. It's, it's kind of a bit of an unfortunate situation and there's no way to avoid the fury that cutter will get whenever he goes to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I have hey, no problem with that. If you throw batteries at him though, you no, that's, yeah, well, that's, that's, yeah, that's different. I mean, I, I would, I would hope, I would hope that that would not happen, but I mean, Hey, the flames fans still boo Adam Fox. Every time he touches mm-hmm. the puck in their arena, yeah, booing is fine. Cause Adam Fox is nasty. Yeah. Good like, player. of course they're pissed about it. Of course. If he was terrible, no one would care. Yeah. It's, exactly. it's a compliment. That's the way yeah, I, I look at that, it. I mean, that stuff is harmless and it's part of it right. and it's part of the fun of it. I think too, you yeah. know, that's fine. But yeah, I, I didn't even see the battery part to be quite honest with you. This is the first time like a, I'm hearing high up this. Like a business CEO or something. Oh, uh, Oh God! That's just, that. that's horrible. That's just Philly would, fans have been known to throw batteries at people. So like they threw what? batteries at Santa Claus. So I mean, you know, why would they ever stop at Cutter Gutti? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, this is this is not shocking. Well, um, yeah. Oh wait, and what an all-time presser from Tortorella. that. <laughs> Well, here's the I, other thing. Torch I knows exactly who Cutter Gauthier is. I couldn't tell Cutter Gauthier from a hole in the wall. Uh, you know, I saw I'd rather post talk on... about Jamie Drysdale. <laughs> but yeah, well, I don't blame him for that either. He's yeah, going to get him. In. And I loved his. Hey, did you hear? Did you see his press conference with when Drysdale came and practiced? No. Oh yeah. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. It was great. It was great. Oh, he was just like it was real. He's like, let the kid play, and then we can talk about him. Like yeah. he stopped. And obviously, this guy's surrounded in this whirlwind of press press releases like he's the guy going back right it's like what, a, what kind of storm did i just walk into and yeah is great with that being like just let him play leave him alone i don't be an 8d at practice i don't know where he's gonna play right so, i don't he, the know where hurt. <laughs> yeah the kid's been hurt like he's got a lot of promise towards said <laughs> and and i'm i'm gonna curse because i have to this is this is quoting we can that's the beauty of the new york post go ahead <laughs> oh cool when 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 <laughs> when asking questions about drysdale Tortorella goes, you're not going to get shit out of me in a 30 minute practice. That was awesome. John Tortorella, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that's... <laughs> that, that sounds about right. That but, checks out. But I do think he knows who Cutter Gauthier is. 100%. Of course he does. But it was still funny. It was an, that, that was that's funny. an all time quote, an all time Tortorella quote. There have been many. And yeah. that one is on the list. 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. Especially him in like the black turtleneck and everything. He looks yeah. very evil, villainous. And like, just like, I'm just yeah. like, well, like an evil Steve Jobs. Yeah, exactly. Bit. There's times yeah, where, you know, I do miss him here just just because of the, the entertainment, the entertainment value. Oh, gosh, just, she's the man. Oh, God. So good. <laughs> well, we'll have to get into more tort stories later on in the podcast, but uh, we're going to close up shop here. Coming up next, get our three stars. We made some some big, big ouchies and and I think they, they costed us. So I think it's just making sure and limiting those those big mistakes and and uh, and, and playing the, the hardworking game that we usually play. All right, and that'll put a bow on episode 140 of the Up in the Blue Seats podcast, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Before we close up shop, we got to dish out some stars. Molly, you go first this week. Who's your number one star? I'm going to go with Will Cooley getting his first line shot. I thought that he's pushing the pace. He shows up every night and he looked like a man on a mission in Montreal. I really thought he was going to score. That's how <laughs> that's how active he was. But he's been good and he continues to impress Peter LaViolette, which is impressive for any any rookie. I want to hear them playing in the guard. Eminem, lose yourself. You have one shot, one opportunity. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that'd be very brutal. For Will Cooley. Exactly. <laughs> Brian, number two star, who you got? For Troach. Sorry, you're not getting the star this week because you just I can't give you one every week. But uh, Laffy. A couple assists, drive and play a little bit in that Vancouver game. He's opening up. I think he's I think he's taking steps, guys. Get excited. Mm-hmm. He's taking steps. So. Good for him. Tough move. We'll talk about shootouts. I'll get down there and teach him. And, uh, <laughs> no, he knows what he's doing. He's From chirping on the bench to taking <laughs> it's, it's hockey. You're allowed to chirp. It's hockey. <laughs> Real quick, in men's league, no one chirps, which drives me nuts because I'm out there chirping, guys, and no one says anything. So I'm like, was it not funny? I heard someone's feelings. A beer league or like a men's league? What's the difference? Uh, that's oh, that's that's a good. Well, I was gonna I, say, is there a difference? There's I coolers thought, in the locker room after the game. 
<laughs> and it's so men playing hockey. Well, yeah. all these guys played some form of college or okay. pro. No, they're well, older. Well, step up. We'll have to get some, some footage on here. I was going to say, I'd like, some, I'd like a highlight yeah. reel. <laughs> no shoulder pads. Nice. My third star of the week, it's, I'm going to give it to Bread, and not because he's a fantastic player, but a congratulations more so to having a bun in the oven. Yes, I saw someone tweet that. I liked it. I said it. Um, he and his wife are expecting a child, hence why he will not be going to the All-Star game, which he fully deserves. They should still give him like an honorary jersey, you know, make him an honorary All-Star. But congratulations to him and his wife, probable future uh, hockey player there. We'll see what goes on. Yeah, baby. Uh, man. Baby. No, more <laughs> Number two for him, too. Another one. And, He's going to uh, catch he, up to you, Brian. You better watch yeah. that. Yeah, go. Now's <laughs> it coming up two at a time for me. You'll soon get in the uh, the next twenty years or so the uh, the Boils versus the Panarins. That'd be a great you know yeah. matchup. I I I pay money to watch that. Uh, speaking of the All Star Game, who do you guys have going? Who do you think should go? Will go? You know thoughts on that? What do you guys got? Troach, Troach, Troach for sure. I can see Mika getting Mika? it too. I could see him getting voted in 100%. Or or even Kreider. Miko or Kreider. Yeah. I just, I, I'm yeah. also just thinking of the fan base. And those are the top two guys that I would, yeah. I, I, I'm sure they would love to send them together more than anything. Mm-hmm. That that would be their preference, but I don't know if, if both that'll happen. <laughs> one or the other. Well, the Rangers being one of the better teams, they should. It should be Trocek, though. Trocek, Trocek should get the look, 100%. If the sweater is nice, that might be one that I have to pick up. And uh, My mom wants it, too. Have they released it yet? Because there's a draft. Yeah, exactly. I I don't think that they've they've released the style yet for it either. Which I mean, we're still waiting on those. We're still waiting on the stadium stadium series. series. Yeah, the stadium series. Let's get out and sell those babies, no? I saw the Islanders one got leaked a couple days ago, so I thought that we'd see the Rangers one soon. But hopefully, that's got to be coming up. I would imagine, but uh, a discussion for another podcast. Well, if you like mine, I'll go show it to you in the basement. Ooh, yeah, yeah. my All Star jersey. You want to talk about that for a while? Just we're done. We're done for today. We can, we can tease that for next week's episode. Stay tuned for that one, folks. Uh, but we're going to get out of here. As always, many thanks to Jake Brown for helping to produce the show. Catch up on all the episodes of Up in the Blue Seats on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. And if you're watching right now on the New York Post Sports YouTube page, be sure to give us a thumbs up, a like below, comment below. Who are you sending to the Rangers All-Star game? I, I, I think we probably covered the main ones here, but if you have someone else in mind, throw it on there. Love to hear you. Uh, catch us on Twitter or X. Um, Molly Walker, that's two E's, two R's. Bry Brows 22, myself, Andrew Hartz. Bry Boyle, Larry. Larry Brooks is not here, but maybe next week. Uh, Molly Walker, I'm Andrew Hartz. Thanks for listening as always. We'll talk to you next week on Up in the Blue Seats. Later. <laughs>